Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. I think I figured out how to find happiness. I said I think I figured out. Think I, think I, think I, think I figured out. Think I, think I, think, woo! Hey, that's how quick I can write a song. Anyway. I think I figured out how to find happiness, y'all. So if you want to be happy, you want to be completely tuned in to this show. Here's what happened. I had a random thought sitting here chilling in the studio. Believe it or not, I hate to admit that a lot of times I have no idea what I'm going to talk about on this show until I just turn on the microphone and start recording. All right. And I was like, man, it's crazy how... I've spent time in life thinking that the next thing was going to make me happy. Have you ever been there where it's like you're so unhappy with right now? Or let's be real, sometimes it's not even that you're so unhappy. It's just that you're so uh, thirsty or greedy or whatever it may be, so focused on the next thing that you never find contentment and happiness in right now. And one of the things that I know I've experienced in life is this illusion that, oh, if this just happens, then, oh, after that, I'll be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, if you just do this thing for me right here, like if I get this, or sometimes it's like a goal that you like, oh, once we get here, like I'm good. Like, yeah, all insecurities gone. Like that's when I could just kind of sit back, relax and enjoy life. And you know what I've learned, people? I've learned for myself that life just doesn't happen that way. And I believe, especially as Christians, part of the reason that that doesn't happen is, A, no thing can fill a void that is there because you need God to fill it. And so whenever I find myself like in a space where I'm thinking that a thing, like the next goal is going to somehow fill a spiritual void, I have to take a step back and look myself in the mirror and be real with myself and say, nope, it's something else you got to work on. It's something else spiritual that you need to work on. You need to get in the word, Jermaine, because if you think that the thing is going to do what only God can do, then you're sadly mistaken. And I'm just being real and letting y'all know that I know that I've been there. Um, Sometimes out of ignorance, you know what I mean? Just thinking like, oh yeah, you know, when I make this amount of money or When this happens, like, it's going to be cool. Like, you know, ain't nobody going to be able to tell me nothing. I'm straight. And I've just learned that it's always going to be something. Like, there's always going to be that next thing. There's actually a song I wrote recently called Ain't a Blessing, featuring Gerard Brooks. And I deal with that topic of, like, man, soon as you get 
the blessing, the thing that you thought was going to complete you, then something else just replaces it. And a lot of that is because we're chasing things. I believe that the Bible shows us how we should handle these things, how we should live, how we should think. So what happens for me a lot of times personally is that the Bible guides my thinking. So if I have a topic like this that comes up and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with Jermaine. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. He don't be right all the time. Then I'm looking for something like, all right, well, what do I use to guide my thinking? Like, if I don't know what to think about a topic, like, I don't know. I mean, Jermaine making a, a decent point, I guess, but you know what I'm saying? I do have some goals or he don't understand because I'm struggling and it's hard to be happy while you're struggling. So, you know, he don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't never lived in an apartment that was the size of a shoebox. You know what I'm saying? And had a car that used to flood when it rained. Because I did. Just in case you didn't know. Hey, just in case. Just in case you didn't know. Didn't know. Oh, I done been through there. Which is why I'm talking about this. Because there have been times in my life where I had very little. And I thought that by getting things, it was going to, you know, like make me feel a certain way of like, all right, I'm done. Now I'm chilling. And look, I just want to be real with y'all out there because I think sometimes people chase stuff and they're disappointed when they get it because the stuff didn't do what you wanted it to do. And I'm just telling you that the word will guide us in our thinking. So let's take a second and actually look at the word on this. All right, so let's check out Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 4, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let's think about it. We're talking about something to guide how we should think, right? About happiness in general. This scripture is literally saying, always rejoice in the Lord. So to me, always means always. Then he said it twice, like, again, I say. And I know we sing the song, right? That, that's a song lyric that we sing, and it's like at offering time or something. I don't know. And that's cool. Sometimes I think it's easy to sing a song and not listen to the lyrics. Now let's jump down to verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. My bad. I left the word made out of there. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we're talking about how we think. You know what I'm saying? So, notice that this is saying... Don't be anxious about nothing, right? So this is how we feel. Don't feel anxious about things, but pray about it. You know what I'm saying? And pray with thanksgiving, right? We're talking about, I know all these words remind me of happiness, rejoice, thanksgiving, right? There's some type of form of happiness in there, or at least gratefulness in there, because you're, even though you may not be where you want to be, because if you're asking God of a request, to me, that's saying you want something, but it's telling you to ask it with thanksgiving. And I know that we know how to receive with thanksgiving, but I'm talking to myself. Do you know how to ask with thanksgiving versus asking with ultimatums or like, I mean, you know, if you don't do it this time, God, can you please do it this time, God? 
If you just do it this time, I promise I'll never ask again. I'm lying, I'm lying. Anyway, we just dealing with how you should be thinking about life in general, how you should be thinking about things when you want something that you don't have or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so just just keep that on your mind. We're talking about how I should think. And we're using the word to guide our thinking versus just me using my emotions because my emotions be everywhere. And I could just have you out here doing something you ain't got no business doing just because I feel like it. You know what I'm saying? We can't always do what we feel just because we feel it. Verse eight says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, another word that reminds me of happiness and rejoicing and thankfulness, think about these things. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now, we're talking about rejoicing, praising, thanksgiving, and peace. What I really like, you know, in earlier verse, uh, verse seven, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Now, think about this. Why is it important for my heart and my mind to be guarded? Because these are things that tap into how I think and how I feel. And so these scriptures are guiding us through this process and telling us, like, how we should be thinking and feeling when we're in these moments of wanting or needing or asking, you feel what I'm saying? Feel, heart, you know what I'm saying? What you think about that? Ooh, think in your mind. You see how I'm getting deep? Now let's check out verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, uh-oh, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Wait a minute. So my man is saying, well, hold on, hold on. Let's go to verse 12 before I jump in. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You mean to tell me that the scripture of I can do all things through Christ doesn't mean that I could just go jump off a building or be a star or reach every goal or do whatever I want to do? Nope, that's not what it means. It means that I can do anything because God gives me strength. I can be content when I'm broke, when I'm asking God for something. I can be content when there's something that I want, something that I need from the Lord, and I can still ask with thanksgiving. And it's the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard my heart and my mind to keep me whole throughout this process. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the key to happiness is to find happiness, to find contentment in where you are. The key to contentment when you're low is not to just chase being high and think that that's going to make you whole. The key is, he said it, Paul in his writing said this, I know how to be brought low. I know how to be a bound. I know how to be a base. I know how to be a bound. Like it's saying like I'm content in every situation. That is the true form of happiness, which is also peace. There is no real happiness without peace. 
So there are people that think they're happy because they're drinking and getting drunk. It's like there's no peace that comes with that. See, that just masks something that you're dealing with that's going to come back later. There is no real solution in that. There's no real solution in any of the sins that I can name right now that any and all of us could be guilty of at some point in our life. Like, there is no peace that comes with that. So what happens is you're still dealing with it. All the while thinking, if I just get here, if I just do that, I'll be happy. And you never find happiness because you never find contentment. And so what I'm learning for myself, by the grace of God, what I've been learning for years, right? I've been chipping away at this stuff for years. What I've learned is that true happiness, true contentment is being okay with where you are. Being okay with right now and saying, yep, thank you, Lord. Guide me, Lord. Lead me, Lord, where I should go next. But thank you for where I am now. Lord, because I know that the next moment, the next blessing isn't going to be the thing that makes me whole. The next check, the next paycheck isn't going to be the thing that makes me whole. The next opportunity isn't going to be the thing that makes me whole. But you give me peace right now, Lord. That is the key to happiness. I think sometimes we don't realize that new opportunities come with new responsibilities. And so a lot of these things that we're chasing come with other things. And that's why those things aren't going to make you whole because it's like, oh, you want the next job promotion. But the next job promotion requires a new level of commitment from you and new learning and new training. And you might have to move and travel away from your family. Even the opportunity comes with things that are not necessarily going to make you happy. So you have to find contentment in Christ Jesus. And I want you guys to understand exactly what I'm trying to say here. I want to make sure I'm articulating this exactly the way that it should be. Don't get contentment confused with laziness or complacency. And I think it's an easy thing that can happen because sometimes there's a thin line between things, you know, like there's a thin line between being lazy and needing rest. And that's why we need the word to continually guide us through these things. We need to be praying. And we also need to make sure that we have the right mentality um, throughout our journey in life. It's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. And when you focus just on the destination, right? Like, let's say, oh, I'm only focused on, you know, getting to 80 years old and being retired in Florida with my wife or something like that. Well, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to be 80 today unless I'm 80 today and I'm not. So I want to be careful not to fast forward my life trying to get to the destination when the journey, the process is such a blessing. And if I can somehow find contentment while climbing the mountain, then I will enjoy being there. But guess what? Whenever you have success in life, the first thing you typically do is reflect. Isn't that amazing? When you get to the top of the mountain, the only thing you think about, or at least one of the first things you tend to think about, is what it took for me to get here. And so while you're in that process, don't underestimate how valuable the journey and the process is, because these are the things you're going to think about once you get to your championship. You know, once you make it to wherever God is taking you, you know, at that point, it's like, it's nothing else to think about but 
what already happened. And so what I'm trying to do is make sure that I'm enjoying it while it's happening, that I'm praying and asking with thanksgiving, not with bitterness, not with anger, because I want to be at the top right now and I got to get there and, oh my God, I got to see what happened. It's like, no, you know what? I'm enjoying my movie. Your life is your movie, you know? And when you sitting in there watching that movie, you like everything that leads up to the ending. You don't want to just get to the end of the movie. You want to see how they got there. Most of the time, we go to the show, we know how it's going to end. And we still like watching the process. I think one of the mistakes that we make is that we think money brings happiness. Or we think success alone brings happiness. And my belief is that if I don't find peace, contentment, and happiness now, no matter how successful I become, no matter how much money I make, how whatever type of goals me and my wife have, if we don't find peace now, it's not going to magically come when we get there. And so I'd rather be happy and have peace and contentment right now so that I know when I get there, I already got it, you know, versus getting to your destination and then trying to find the things you need. It's kind of like traveling, right? You go on a trip and you pack before you go. You pack all the things that you need to enjoy yourself when you get there. Listen, let me tell you, me and my wife have been blessed to do quite a bit of traveling through the years. Like we love to just get out a couple times a year and, you know, get into a different place. And one of the things we learned very early on in our travels some years back was we didn't necessarily take time to understand everything we would need for where we were going. So as an example, it's like, I can remember one year we went to Vegas and we did a lot of walking. And it's like, okay, we went to Vegas and I wore some chucks. And I get there and I'm like, yo, I ain't really realized exactly how much walking around we were going to be doing. And so I found myself unprepared. There were times that, oh, I didn't bring a jacket because I didn't necessarily look at the forecast or think about the possibility that it would rain. There was another year that I didn't bring a backpack. And I'm like, yo, I just bought chips. I just bought a juice. I, you know, went into a store and bought two shirts. Not, I don't have a bag to put. And so these are things we learned through the years is that we prepare when we travel, right? We go somewhere. You look at the weather, where you going. It might be cold where I'm at, but where I'm going, it might be 90 degrees. I don't want to only be prepared for where I'm at. I want to be prepared for where I'm going. And so because I take a lot of time on this show talking about success, talking about finances and things like that, I enjoy that. I enjoy business. Y'all know I love business, but I want to give it to you in a proper context and make sure that I'm taking out time to let you know that, hey, this stuff isn't just going to magically make you happy and give you peace if you don't already have that from Christ. It doesn't matter where we at. I always say one of the issues that I have sometimes in the church, especially small churches, is that we only have a broken word for broken people and broke people, I'm specifically saying. So it's like we only preach a word sometimes. If you just broke down, busted and disgusted and ain't got nothing and it's like, God is going to give you that. Uh, he's going to bless you with this house. Uh, he's going to give you the car. And I'm like, well, man, 
What if a millionaire came into this service? Millionaires still need God. Like, don't get it twisted. Money does not just give you happiness. Now, there may be some people with money who already know that money doesn't give you happiness or fame, and, and they want you to think that. They're just trying to create an illusion because they know that, okay, I don't have peace. I don't have contentment. I'm not really happy, but I have these things. So I could kind of put these things in your face. And that's a lot of what, unfortunately, like Hollywood and these celebrities do. They'll throw things in your face and they're not even happy. How do we know they're not happy? This is not just a random statement. They commit suicide too. They're depressed too. They can't stay in a relationship. So we find ourselves chasing people because they have things, right? Tangible things, but they don't even oftentimes possess the spiritual peace that Paul is talking about and the contentment that Paul is talking about. Why? Because they took their same habits that they gained while they were broke and you know financially unstable or didn't achieve their goals and thought that the goals themselves were going to give them peace. And you can find yourself in Hollywood out of your mind while creating a narrative and an illusion for normal people like myself to think that that's going to be the answers to all of their questions. Am I saying everybody in Hollywood is bad? No, I'm not. I don't know everybody. I don't know none of these people, really. But the point I'm making is that we can study their stories. We can have a little, you know, I think it's okay to have common sense sometimes and know what we're seeing and know what we're hearing and say, wait a minute, why am I chasing that when this person doesn't even have basic peace? Basic happiness. Like, here you are, and you work a regular job making 60000 a year and live in a middle-class America, and you've been with your husband or your wife for 30 years. Look at that. Y'all happy. You want to chase some stuff that's going to make you lose that. Um, some of the richest people in the world can't stay in a relationship. And it's like, man, I just genuinely believe it's because we think being the richest person in the world or having this, that, and the other is going to give us peace and give us things. No, it may actually cost you more of your peace to get to where your uh, fleshly goals are trying to take you to. And what I try to do on this show is let's talk about this stuff. Do I have all the answers? No, um, but we looking at the word and I'm just trying to have this dialogue with you and at least cause you to think about what you're chasing before you get there. And yes, we're going to talk about success and we're going to talk about money and finances, but we're going to try our best to do that in the proper context, not just in the way that the world wants us to have the conversation. I'm not following um, every other worldly podcast or what people want to talk about. That's why we don't bring gossip to this show and we don't do you know a bunch of those wild things because this isn't really about entertainment as much as it's about inspiration, enrichment, self-development making us better people, right? Producing better spiritually uh, grounded and people of substance. Making disciples. Oh my gosh, that's what the West said. Anyway, I got to stop randomly breaking out into song. Hopefully I don't lose listeners when I do that. Today's show is brought to you by jwillmusic.com. This is my online business card. I actually had someone ask me for a business card the other day and I looked them dead in their eyes and I said, where's your phone? 
pull out that phone, open up your internet app, and type jwilmusic.com. I know what you're thinking. I heard a song I like. I don't know where to find it, Jermaine. Go to jwillmusic.com and go to the music tab. You'll find that song. I know what else you're thinking. Oh my gosh, I really like your show, but there was like a show you did like five weeks ago and I don't know how to find it. I can tell you how to find it. Go to jwillmusic.com, go to the drop down box and click podcast. That's right. You can find every episode of this show that I've ever done, mostly. What else? You never subscribe to my YouTube page? What type of monster are you? Go to jwillmusic.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll see a tab for my YouTube, for my Instagram, to shoot me an email. It's that easy. You don't have to learn all of my other social media pages. Just go to jwillmusic.com to stay in touch with me. I love you, thank you, and hopefully you will subscribe to my email list. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. All right, people. Y'all know what time it is. It's time to get social. This is where we check out my social media pages, mostly Facebook, Jermaine James. And we go and see the posts that I've made lately. And sometimes we look at the comments that people have on my post. But mainly, I try to, you know, give some insight and some perspective on why I posted things. Because you know what happens is with social media, these are just snapshots of people's thoughts or pictures and highlights and things like that. And one thing I've noticed is that people sometimes don't always necessarily understand the point that you're trying to make when you sum something up in a social media post. Like for me, for instance, there are times that I make posts and I make sure that I have the little laughing emojis all over there and people still take it serious. It's like, it's a joke. That's why the little face is laughing. But we live in such a sensitive world that people don't even know how to take a joke. When it's clearly a joke and it's not even really offensive or anything like that, I do know how to keep it cool. I do know how to keep it cool. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. All right. So let's look at the first post. All right. This one has 176 likes. 129 comments and 14 shares. For instance, this is a post that has the laughing emojis all around it. I know that you guys can't see that, right? And that's something maybe I should have done in some previous uh, shows and explained the ones that had the little laughing emojis on there so you would know when I was joking. Even though, let's just be honest and transparent, sometimes jokes do have some truth to them. Okay? Anyway. Here's what I said. A wife will have an attitude with her husband for no reason and still expect him to know what's wrong. All right. Let me set this straight. Here's the reality. There's a difference between men and a difference between women and how we act 
how we are structured and set up emotionally. We live in this world that's trying to change the narrative on God's creation. And you have to be aware of that. So sometimes I make posts and jokes and things like that just to make people think about the fact that we are different and it's okay. Everything in the world today is about, you know, all these movements and this, that, and the other. We ain't going to get into that. You know what I'm saying? But my point is, when you just look at it practically, when you take all of that aside and you use something that everyone knows is true, husbands out there, that's why if you pay attention to these posts where I talk about like husbands or wives or make jokes like that, they get a lot of little interaction. Why? Because a lot of people can relate. What does that say to me? If a lot of people can relate to that, uh-oh, it must be some husbands out there with some emotional wives. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay to be different. All right? Men and women are different because that's the way God created us. Like, we are, our anatomy is different. Like, there are differences and it's okay. Your little boy is a little boy. He's going to grow and hopefully be a husband one day. Your little girl is a little girl and she's going to grow and hopefully be a wife one day. And they need to know that there are differences between a man and a woman and it's okay. You know, contrary to popular opinion right now that they, they just want to tell the kids, y'all know I done heard some crazy stuff. We going to talk about it. Oh, we going to talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Just talk not about yet. Talk about it. The only time that it's not different is when people have an agenda and they want you to look at um, boys and girls, men and women as the same. My point here is I'm married and in reality, my wife will sometimes have an attitude and I'll be asking her like, yo, like what's wrong? Like, um, uh, She's saying nothing, but it's clearly something wrong. And then like three days later, she'll tell me like what was actually wrong three days ago. Why did she do this? I don't know. There's nothing I could do now. It was three days ago. I can't go back now and make you like unmad three days ago. But hopefully I could do the right thing moving forward. You know what I mean? Look, this is real life marriage. That's the other reason I like to post little marriage jokes, because at the end of the day, I think we try to present our relationships and our marriages as like, Oh, we're just these celebrities. We're in love. We're a, a power couple. Oh, look at us. Oh, we're doing such great things. Everybody wants to be a power couple. Look, man, we all just regular people. Even famous people want to be normal. If you look at famous people and how they act in certain moments, they just want to be normal. All right, let me say this. This is super sidebar. I'm getting all off the point of the post, but we're going to get back to it. When people are normal and want to be famous, they always want a camera in their face. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like take a picture of me. Do this, do that. They want to be seen. They want to be known. We got to capture every moment. People then become famous. And then they run from papa, paparazzi. I couldn't get that word. I'm sorry. I couldn't get it out. Papa, 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 pee. People get famous and run from paparazzi. It's like, can we just have a little privacy? 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 It's like, wait a minute. I thought you wanted to be famous. This is what fame is. Ooh, hold on. I thought you wanted to be famous. This is what fame is. You was all over the board, but you ain't know what the game is. I'm sorry, my bad. You know, songs just start popping up. You gotta go with it. My point at the end of the day is look, people, we are regular couples out here. We are all just regular. Stop trying to make your marriage like you are the president and the first lady. And you got regular people out here 
thinking that that's what's going to happen when they get married. Nope, fellas, what's going to happen is your girl's going to have an attitude for no reason, and you're going to have to spend the next three days figuring out what you did wrong and how she had this attitude because as a man, you are oblivious to whatever you just did. I don't know why we like that. It happens. Like, it's just like, what? Like, what happened? Like, oh, what? Oh, I ain't know. Like, oh, I was, oh, okay. I was supposed to take out the trash. Like, I ain't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? The game was on. You know, I ain't know I had to take it out at 930, but that was what you wanted because we are in love and this is a part of marriage. Marriage is a great thing, but it's also realistic. It's two people in a relationship trying to get through some stuff, trying to live together. You ever had a roommate in college? It's hard to live with somebody, man. It's a lot of growing that got to take place over years. It's not just a beautiful picture. And y'all, people be like posting on Instagram, relationship goes. And it's like him and her laughing and the kids are playing and laughing in the background. No, have you ever gone over somebody's house who got kids? Your kids ain't going to look like that when you had kids. In reality... Your daughter hair ain't going to be done. Your, your son diaper falling off. They writing on the wall and you got your head wrapped up with a towel. You trying to cook. Your husband is, I mean, come on now. This is reality. Anyway, how did I get here? I don't know. Let's keep it going. Let's get social people. All right, here's a cool post. That's not a joke. It had 126 likes, 13 comments, nine shares. I said, repeat after me. I am the salt of the earth and I will not lose my flavor. When I do repeat after me, I like to encourage God's people and, you know, say something that I feel is not just biblically positive, but also sound. Make sure it's biblically sound, but yet encouraging in the Lord. Because I think as believers, the world is pushing us and pressuring us to no longer be the salt. And some of us are giving in and some of us are confused. We in the middle. We don't know what to do. So we just follow in the world. And one of the things that I like to do is encourage the people of God that we should be the salt. And we shouldn't be apologetic for that. Leaders don't apologize for being leaders. We are the salt of the earth. Um, we're reading the word of God. We should share the word of God. And we shouldn't be ashamed or afraid of that because in the world that we live in, the world is shaping the narrative. Just like I spent a couple minutes talking about gender roles and all that stuff, we are allowing the world to shape the narrative of what a gender role should be, what a husband and wife should be. But it's like, why are we sitting back and allowing that? Let's be real. Some of us are scared. Some of us don't know how to have the conversation. The, the world and the engine of the world is so big. You know, we don't want to lose opportunities. And we, we want to just, you know, kind of fit in and go with the flow. So look, I want to encourage you today to be the salt of the earth and, you know, stand on the word of God and the Bible and, I don't think because there are opposing views that we should not be able to articulate um, what we believe and why we believe as believers. And the fact that, hey, just like I talked about those gender roles, I study a lot of psychology for this reason, y'all. And I'm telling you, I heard a psychologist say recently um, in a book that I read that he was saying that, um, you know, when the man and the woman are in the household, you know, it's a much healthier life for the child. He actually specifically said, not just two people when there's a man and a woman. You get what I mean? And when you think about it, that's how God made it. When you take a father out of a child's life or a mother out of a child's life, there are a lot of issues that come with that. Talk to troubled people. Most of the time, it's crazy. People's like you listen to their story and they get to talking. And I'm talking about just talk to them. No agenda. Don't try to prove a point. Just listen. 
people will tell you like, yeah, my father was never there and this caused this or my parents and my mom. It's like, what does that tell me? That a lot of issues come from your childhood. So it's important for us to be the salt of the earth and to control that narrative and not give in to the world. All right, let's get to another one. I like this one a lot. 94 likes, four comments, 10 shares. I said, if the stage makes you a worshiper, you don't need to be on the stage. Woo, that sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? The reason I said this is because I believe that we teach young Christians who are gifted to sing or uh, preach or do things that put them on a stage. We teach them that when you're on the stage, you're worshiping. And I think it's a good thing to teach them that they should worship on the stage. But I think sometimes we forget to tell them that that's not the stage itself is not worship. And so what ends up happening a lot of times that I see is that young people are thinking that they're turning worship on when they're on a stage. And because they view the stage as worship, they think they could turn it off when they're off the stage and live any type of way. Right. And for any of us who've been on the stage, you know, the dangers and the pressures and the temptations that can come with the stage. And if you're not taught correctly, then eventually you're going to learn a lesson. And one of the things that I like to do is have these conversations um, that I feel are necessary, that I feel that young people need to have versus just being on a stage, running around thinking the only time you worshiping God is, I'm a worshiper, I'm a worshiper, while you on stage screaming and crying. And then after that, you cussing people out and doing God knows what. And because you've kind of got your worship in the day, it's like, oh, yep, I worship God on the stage. How was church? It was great. Now that it's after two o'clock and I'm out of church, I could do whatever I want to do. And it's not like that because the word says in Romans um, that God, you know, he wants a living sacrifice. Like worship is a lifestyle. Um, and let's just be honest, we all can't sing. So one of the things that's always funny to me is like, if we're going to limit worship to the stage, what about the people who never make it to the stage? What about the people who can't sing, who can't rap, who can't dance, who can't preach? Like, how do they worship? I think about this kind of stuff. Like, man, how does Joe, you know, who works in the produce section at a grocery store, worship God with his lifestyle? Because he can't sing, because he doesn't have to sing. And so I think we just need to have these conversations. And I'm not trying to say I have it all figured out or it's my way or the highway, buddy. Buddy. No, buddy, but what I am buddy, saying is buddy, that buddy, we have to think buddy, in depth about things and we have to be honest about, man, why are things as bad as they are? Why are more young people leaving the church, leaving the faith? But they're leaving from the stage. When I say young people are leaving the church, I'm seeing Christian rappers who are leaving the church. I'm seeing Christian singers who are leaving the church. So people are leaving the church from the stage. That's dangerous. And so that tells me that there is a conversation that needs to be had. And another thing I'll say about that is I think there are times in the church where we just throw people to the stage. Like, oh, you've been saved for 45 minutes and you used to rap in the world. Okay, great. We're going to have you be over our rap ministry at the church. And it's like, we're teaching people how to operate on a stage before we teach them how to operate in the faith. And so what you end up having is premature Christians operating on a stage when the stage is a place of leadership and influence. So if we put people on the stage too early without the proper perspective about what the stage means, then guess what? You have an immature Christian standing up there dealing with the temptations and all the things that come with the stage because guess what? The general audience, 
they view people different when you go to that stage. People treat you way different when you're on the stage. I could tell you, if I go to an event and I'm sitting in the audience after the event, nobody's talking to me. Nobody wants to know anything about me. Nobody has a word for me. But guess what? If we had an event, whether I preached or whether I rapped or whatever I did on that, then afterwards, guess what? I got people talking to me. I, it's all kind of people that want to give you a word and got things to say. And that's cool. But you have to be aware that that's what the stage brings. And you have to be mature enough to understand and to deal with that dynamic. Because once you're on that stage, then you go up, like you go from a five to a 10. Now you just automatically the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's why some people don't know who they are outside of the stage. And so we have to be careful not to create an identity on a stage where you don't even know how to be regular because you didn't spent your whole life being exalted. All right, let's keep it moving. This post has 289 likes, 29 comments, and 21 shares. And this also has the smiling emojis around it. So, oh, this is deep. Sometimes I do the laughing emojis, and this time I did the smiling emoji. What does that mean? What is Jermaine talking about? Is it a joke? I don't know. No. No. I said, I think Facebook purposely goes to find someone you never want to see again in life and suggest them as a friend. Have you ever paid attention to your Facebook friend suggestions? Now, first of all, let me say this. This didn't really happen to me. It, it, like sometimes I'll say something where I'm purposely exaggerating. Like this hasn't happened to me where Facebook is suggesting people that I actually know or knew to be my friend. A lot of times with me, it's a random stranger. And I'm just like, why does Facebook want me to be friends with this person who I have nothing in common with? You know what I'm saying? But I figured when I was making this post, you know, what's probably more relatable to people is this idea of like, you know, people you knew or something, somebody you, don't, you ain't cool with no more or something, and then Facebook suggesting you as a friend. So I figured people would be able to relate to that. And clearly they can because um, it had a lot of comments and stuff. So let's do this on this post. You know, I never read the comments enough. So let's see what people said. Shawnee Horn said, I laughed loudly in my office at this. You're absolutely onto something with this theory. Uh-oh. So she was laughing at work, so I apologize um, for, for putting you um, in that position. Fran Given said, I'm putting you in timeout, sir. Okay, I get in trouble a lot in the comment section. If y'all read through my comments, people always putting me on punishment and in, in corners and, and all and timeout and all type of stuff because I talk crazy sometimes. Okay, I'm about to mess up her name. I, uh, it's like Aretha, but with an I? But with... And it, okay, Aretha Sanford. I, I'm, I don't know. She says, no, I saw them quite often in person, but they are not friends, just acquaintances who like to be nosy on my page. So I blocked them. And she got laughing emojis. Okay, I got nervous because when she said no, y'all got to realize some people get real serious with me in the comment section and I just be looking lost like, um, okay, uh, whatever that means. But yeah, she was saying she just blocked people. I'm not mad at you. Um, <laughs> Myla Sadai says that algorithm is the work of the devil. Look, if y'all don't know about the algorithm, then I don't know what you're doing on social media if you don't know about the algorithm. That algorithm will mess you up. It will mess up it your business. Up business. The algorithm is of the devil. I agree. Uh, my pops actually came on here, Wilson James. He says, all I wanted was to talk to my son. <laughs> 
That is hilarious. Man, when my family comments on my page, it is hilarious. Dude is basically lying and making it seem like I didn't accept his friend request to my all he wanted to do was talk to his son. I do regret sometimes accepting family, and I do have a new policy where I do not go and add family as friends on Facebook because it's just weird, man. You like, Facebook is weird because you start knowing people in ways that you didn't really want to know them. And it's like, oh, like, we, like, always together at the family dinner, but I ain't know you was a drug dealer. Like, I ain't, like, you posting the drugs on, anyway, that's, that's an exaggeration. I'm joking. But the point I'm making is, like, you just start seeing people in different environments. They posting club pictures. You like, oh, okay. All right, Sister Jones. Um, I knew you was an usher, but I didn't know that you danced to Usher like that. All right, I think we got time for one more. Let's make it something serious. This one has 178 likes, 53 comments, 23 shares. I said, if you ask a couple if they have kids and they say no, don't ask why not. All right, here's what I've learned from being in this situation. When you ask people why they don't have kids, especially if you do it like out of context and you don't have that relationship with them, and sometimes even if you do have a relationship, this is the equivalent, I believe, of asking a woman if she's pregnant and you're not sure if she's pregnant. You don't know what's coming out of the other side of the answer. So it's like you playing a lottery and it's just not worth it because of what it does to people emotionally, especially if you haven't experienced that. It's crazy to me how imposing people can be. Y'all will be so surprised at some of the things that we've heard. Now, I'm a very understanding person. I don't, you know, react in a certain way most times. At least now I don't. Maybe when I was younger I did. But I don't react just like with a knee-jerk reaction. I'll try to understand why did this person just do that. I guess it's different reasons because sometimes it's people at work. Sometimes it's people that you barely know. Sometimes it's family. But look, man, when people have something emotional going on in their lives, you don't know what your question is going to trigger. And so what I've learned, and that's why I'm sharing this because I want to help people, not because I'm mad, but it's more so like, yo, let me talk about this so that people can kind of understand the other side of it. You don't know if people are having a good day. Whenever, And this is really can be applied to anything that someone goes through for a long period of time. And you know, you just kind of come in with your limited perspective and asking questions. Like, what if this person is having a really good day today? And it's like, man, I had a rough week, but today I'm waking up and I have faith and um, I'm just going to have a good day in the name of Jesus. And then they come across you. What is going to be your impact on people when you come across them as a Christian? Let's take a look at some of the comments. Ferris Matthew says, I hate when people ask single people why they're not married or why they don't have kids. Makes sense to me. Felicia Dennis, they ask me and I'm single. That's a whole different issue right there. Um, Regina Lynn says, people don't think sometimes and or don't realize how some questions could be sensitive for people. Totally agree. Um, Marvette Williams. You never know what people have been through. Like, that's really the huge one to me. You don't know what they've been through. 
and Myri Thibodeau. It's very rude. There's an epidemic right now where many women are unable to have kids. I think that's a great thing to point out, Myri, because it is like way more than it seemed like when I was younger. It seemed like everybody had kids. And now it seems like, yo, there's a lot of issues going on. So we just got to be aware of that and what people are dealing with. All right, last comment. Sky Hodge. Truth is, some people are not only insensitive, but ignorant to other situations. People ask me, why aren't you married? Like what? That could have been a breaking point for a person who once struggled with loneliness. If we can only learn not to say everything we think. Listen, I couldn't have said it better myself. The truth is, y'all, some of our thoughts don't ever need to become words. Like, just keep them as thoughts. We all think some interesting things sometimes. And look, we got to control our tongue because we got to be mindful of how it impacts other people. Listen, we're going to have Lavelle come back and pray us out. My brother, please pray for contentment and happiness in the name of Jesus. Father God, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, first of all, we just thank you. We praise you for all that you're doing in our lives and everything that you've done for us, Lord. Help us to not take for granted the things that you do for us, whether they be small, whether they be great. Lord, your apostle Paul said that he learned how to be content in everything that he had, whether he had a lot or a little, whether he was full or hungry. Lord, help us to be content in everything that you bless us with. Give us a thankful heart, a heart that we can rejoice that you saved us, that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Help us to honor you and thank you for everything that you do for us, God. To be content in everything that we do and everything that we have. Not to always want more or try to gain more and more. Help us to be content in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today's J. Will Music Song of the Day is entitled No Reputation from my album, Sound Doctrine. I feel like the most deadly thing we could do is misquote scripture, especially when we're talking about Jesus. Sound Doctrine, let's go. Let this mind be you. That's in Christ Jesus, no reputation or pride aside. I don't like people stepping on my nights either, but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing. Why would a king pose as a servant if you don't know the answer? It's about time you learned it. Philippians chapter 2 around verse 7. He made himself a no reputation to take upon the form of a servant. Read verse 5, bring the song alive. Name above every name, that's verse 9. You heard it all before, I know this ain't your first time. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. You gon' have to read the rest if you wanna be blessed. Some people quote scripture like it's just math. Dividing fractions of the work, one half. Let this mind be you, that's in Christ Jesus. No reputation, all pride aside. I don't like people stepping on my nights either, but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing. Let this mind be you, that's in Christ Jesus. No reputation, all pride aside. I don't like
like people stepping on my night either but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing he gave me strength to be poor and to be rich it takes sound doctrine for you to see this it's easier to tell people they gonna be paid especially when they living off that government wage you could pack a church out selling holy water make them think they want it they don't even know they want it a little hoop and holler nice suit and collar line them up with that hundred dollars got them but i've been a base and a bound i've had my share of jays but i had this pair of brown joints from payless the shoes had no name and when i hooped in them it felt like i had no game let this mind be you that's in christ jesus no reputation all pride aside i don't like people stepping on my nikes either but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing let this mind be you that's in christ jesus no reputation all pride aside people stepping on my nikes nikes i don't like people i ain't spending my last on gym shoes cause them shoes won't last i used to have a big head drink a little slim fast crying over spilled milk won't bring the milk back so it's best to move on do better the next time let your ego fly away like an ego and don't be too impressed by the way that people treat you when you clean and you fresh and you feeling at your best is when you got nothing at all you can see what you really mean to them and i'd rather be nameless than live the lifestyle of the rich to the famous and get to the point where i don't know who jermaine is lost in the shuffle of the hand that i was dealt but i'm true to myself let this mind be you that's in christ jesus no reputation all pride aside i don't like people stepping on my nikes either but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing let this mind be you that's in christ jesus no reputation all pride aside i don't like people stepping on my nikes either but that ain't a good enough reason to leave them not breathing second timothy four and three for the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables this is not a fable this is not a fable you just heard no reputation by j will music that is from my album sound doctrine you got to check that out that song came out about seven years ago, and it's still, still doing its thing. It's still doing its thing. Hey! 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 Guys, people, hey. thank you for listening to the number one show in my mind. Look, y'all, I'm on the radio now, so you can catch me on these stations Saturday, 2 p.m. Central on 106.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee, 90.5 FM, Madison, Mississippi, 91.7 FM, Tupelo, Mississippi, 89.5 FM, Columbia, Mississippi, 91.7 FM, Decatur, Mississippi, 91.5 FM, Norwood, Georgia, and UrbanFamilyTalk.com. That's every Saturday, 2 p.m. Central. Y'all know what's up. You can also catch me on jwillmusic.com any day of the week. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Listen, if you don't like this show, just act like you like it.